Hello and welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Elise. I took another week off. (laughs) It was not uh, planned that I would take a week off, but necessary. It astounds me, actually, how exhausting and hard it is to talk about yourself by yourself and say things that make sense (laughs) in any way shape or form and last week I absolutely was not in the frame of mind to do that and one piece of advice I have as a non-influencer but like let's just say you were an influencer and a podcaster or an instagrammer or a vlogger Dude, take some time off because if I need a break, you need a break. It is not easy talking about yourself or being yourself on any kind of platform. And if I can barely do it, then people who actually do it for like a living take some time off. That's that's my advice. I had an influencer, if you follow me on Instagram, kind of go off on me. She had a really bad reaction um, to some constructive criticism and the more I think about it the more I think she's overtired you know so take a week off I did I'm back I'm all over the place life is all over the place I need to stop podcasting because the more I podcast the more things happen in my life and I don't need anything else to happen so uh yeah it's been crazy and uh a lot to talk about I I'm weirdly excited now that I'm talking. It's kind of like going to the gym. You just got to do it. And I have a happy hour coming up. So honestly, that is what's going to get me through this. So without further ado, let's get into it, folks. What I really want to talk today, um, talk about today is how I love and hate the phrase and the concept doing the work. How many times have you heard that in the past year? probably more times than you would care to. I know I have. So we'll talk about that. But honestly, first, I just want to keep it a little bit lighthearted and tell you a story. By the way, before I tell this story, disclaimer, I am still climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. One of my dearest friends is coming with me and you can come with me too. So if you want to, let me know. Uh, But I... Goodness, it was two Sundays ago now did the craziest hike. It was the stupidest hike. Someone lied on all trails, first of all, and was like, no, you don't need snowshoes, liar. Like, what are you, a squirrel? Only a squirrel wouldn't have needed snowshoes for this hike. But I trusted this guy on all trails, who shall remain anonymous, and decided to try to go to Jasper Lake in Netherlands. And honestly, this was coming off the week where things had gone kind of crazy with my birth family and just trying to process. And honestly, by the end of the week, I felt like a caged animal. Like I felt like I got to get out of here. The walls are closing in on me. Just, you know, I had taken it well, taken it well, did a podcast, held myself together. Then all of a sudden I was like, the walls are coming in. I got to go to the woods. (laughs) So um, go on this hike. I start out really early in the morning and... Uh, Jasper Lake is about from where you park your car. The trailhead's about two miles. And then Jasper Lake is another four miles. So, you know, a good six miles. But in the summer, that's no big deal, right? 
So I'm on this trail and it's really packed down until you get to where the trailhead splits. And you can go to Lost Lake, which is only a half mile up. And it looks like a really easy trail. And, you know, my kind of hubris, right? And also my need to push myself to prove to myself that my body is not useless, that I'm not my disease, just this overwhelming kind of need to prove myself. And I think a lot of it was just because of all the terrible things I had heard about myself that week. I like had this like just crazy urge, like almost like a hunger to prove to myself, like, no, like I'm doing all right. Stupid. Okay. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do the last lake hike. That's only a half mile. I'm going to go to Jasper Lake. Well, I could already tell that the snow is getting deeper, but since I started out so early, I wasn't, I wasn't doing too bad. You know, I was kind of like that squirrel. I didn't need snowshoes, but this little voice in the back of my head was like, okay, yeah, but the sun is shining and it's supposed to be warm. Okay. So I hike, I think I was about a little over three miles in. And the weird thing is I hadn't seen anyone on the trail. Like it was perfect. No crowds, no, nobody, no, nobody. Like I had a few thoughts of, you know, if a mountain lion is here, then I am toast and no one will ever find me. And also the weird thing is there's these missing posters. Somebody had gone hiking in February and has not been seen since, at least to my knowledge, like perhaps maybe they found him, but I didn't check. So, you know, I was kind of worried someone went missing out here in, in the Arapahoe wilderness. So I turn around after going about three miles, not a soul in sight, not even like a bunny. And there's this guy. And he looks maybe a little older than me. And what was weird was he kind of looked like the guy in the missing poster. And he had a camera, like a really fancy camera, but an old one. And he was wearing a hoodie. I think he did have yak tracks on, but he didn't even look like he should be hiking, really. And he was like, oh, are you going to keep going? And I was like, no. You know, I I finally caved to the voice in my head saying this could get dicey. I'm going to turn around. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep going. So I turned around, y'all, and oh, boy. I post-hold, like, up to my thighs at some point. So, you know, that's at least a good three feet of snow. I post-hold almost all three miles back. It was, I called my husband at one point to, like, say my goodbyes, and I was only half joking. I was like, I don't have the stamina to get off this mountain. And the weird thing is, here's why I'm telling you this story. I kept looking behind me because, I mean, it took me probably two and a half hours to go the three miles back because it was so, I mean, every step was more like five steps trying to pull myself out of the post hole that I had just created. I kept looking back to try to find this guy because I was like, there's no way he's going to get that far without post-holing as much as me. He didn't have snowshoes either. And you guys, I never saw him. And I walked so slowly back to the car. It took me hours. Like I probably turned around at 8.30. I didn't get back to my car till 12.30. I was like a wreck all last week. And a lot of it was because this activity level, my hubris, my wounded ego got me to do something stupid and so my pain level was off 
the chart, not off the chain, off the chart last week. Uh, but y'all, I don't know if I was hallucinating. Like, was he an angel? Was he the lost guy? Am I seeing ghosts? But that guy never came back. It was really weird. So am I a true crime podcast now? Probably. That sounds like more fun. So just wanted to tell you a little story time to break the ice. Uh, I also, once I got back onto the main trail, it was super nice out, which is why I had been post-holing like there was no tomorrow. And I couldn't feel my feet because I had post-hold so bad. I actually have ice burns on my shins. You guys, I'm the worst hiker. Don't ever let me hike alone ever again. Uh, But I looked like a Yeti because I had poles with me. Thank God my poles were my saving grace. I wouldn't have been able to post hole without them. I would still be on that mountain with the ghost. And, but by the time I get back to this trail, I have two coats on. I can't feel my feet. I have my hood up because I'm so cold. I'm trying to keep my upper body warm because I can't feel my lower body. And you guys, like all of these Boulder students are climbing to Lost Lake in Netherland, and they've got like their bro tanks on, they've got their little biker shorts, they're like hiking in converse, and they look at me like I am a yeti that has crawled out of a cave that I've lived in for 30 years. It was so embarrassing, and also college students look so young, and it's sad that I think that. So anywho, now I'm a true true crime podcast. I love it. I still think Chronic is a good name for a true crime podcast, so tune in next week. Just kidding. Okay, now we'll get into the real stuff, the real, the what I don't want to talk about, and that is how much I hate to love doing the work. So this really got into my head uh, last week when I was talking to my therapist, and I told her that I feel like I am doing so much work on myself. I'm doing the work. And I said that and it was cringy for me. I I don't know why I had a reaction to that, but I was like, it sounds so silly to say that, but it's true. And it's such a good feeling because it's necessary work, but it's also so exhausting and hard and sometimes I want to beat my head against a wall. And I think last week, you know, I had some feedback that wasn't true from my birth mother that I live a fairy tale and I'm super entitled and honestly just a terrible person, right? We talked about this last week. And as much as I try not to internalize that, how do you not? And so, you know, then I started to doubt myself. Am I doing enough work? Do I need to do more? But I, I really don't feel like I can. So I was downloading that with my therapist last week. And as I probably say almost every episode, get yourself a therapist because boy, does it help. But after that appointment, I kept thinking, do the work. How many times have I heard that? And a lot in 2020, you would hear, well, I'm doing the work when it relates to racism or specifically being an anti-racist, how to be an anti-racist, how to be an ally. You got to do the work. If someone says something racist or does something racist, they apologize over Instagram or 
you know, releasing a statement, right? And they say, I'm doing the work. I'm pretty sure Chris Harrison said that like 5 million times with the Bachelor fiasco, right? And it's something that seems so canned and it doesn't seem genuine the more times that you hear it. And I have a theory about why that I'm going to tell you. But first of all, I'll just give you a little insight into what's been going on. So uh, my shoulder dislocation is healing a lot more slowly than I would have hoped. I actually am having more bad days than good days with my shoulder. It started to feel better after that first week of like crazy inflammation and your body just basically adjusting to what happened. Um, But now it's almost starting to feel worse. And so I'm in physical therapy for that. I am also seeing a functional medicine doctor who, let me tell you, she is just the sunshine. She is such a wonderful person and so knowledgeable. And she's doing acupuncture on me. She's doing cupping. And then she has me on a lot of supplements, which I am going to get into. Um, I'm fascinated by the work that we're doing to heal my gut because I 100% believe with everything that I am that a lot of gut stuff leads to chronic pain and illness. So I'll get into that eventually, but I have appointments with her. Um, I need to schedule an appointment for a blood draw for a lot of cool tests that we're running, cool and scary tests, um, actually, that I'm petrified about, but also really cool. And in the midst of that, my rheumatologists are not getting along, as I said, and I also don't feel like either of them are hearing me anymore. You know, I think that they're both brilliant doctors, and they served a purpose, and they have done a lot for me, but after appointments and talking to them both recently, I was like, I have to go down a different path. And so trying to find a new doctor, trying to talk to both of them. Um, And then I also have my emotional therapy going on, my mental therapy. So I have therapy appointments. And so basically my life, if I am not working, there is some kind of appointment to be working on myself, whether it's my physical health or my mental health. It's all good stuff, right? But all taxing and it's not fun. It's it's uh, not a spa day, you know? So I think I got really down last week of like, I am doing so much work on myself and it is hard work. It's worth it work, but it is hard work. And I think it's so easy to get down about that when you're doing a lot of work. So thinking about why, you know, I didn't like the phrase doing the work, I'll tell you why. I think that people who are proclaiming that they are doing the work, whether it's on social media or, you know, talking a lot about it in conversation or through a written statement. A lot of times when I hear doing the work, it kind of is performative and it's usually an influencer or, or somebody famous, way more famous than me. But I think why it turns me off 
is that what I've learned in doing my own work is that if you are working on yourself, whether you have chronic pain or not, if you are truly working on yourself, you have nearly no time to say, I'm doing the work. You truly don't. Because if you are working on yourself, you're exhausted. And even honestly, taking time to rest can be exhausting. And I find that saying I'm doing the work is so performative. Dude, if you're doing the work, just do the work. And if it's working, then share what it is. But if you're really working on yourself, I don't think you have time to say you're doing the work, you know? And so I think that that is why when I said that, even just to my therapist, I was like, wow, that, it just doesn't sound genuine. Um, just a thought. I think that almost everybody, myself included, there's a lot of work to be done. None of us had perfect childhoods and there's going to be pain from that, right? All of us have something going on in our lives right now that we can be handling better. All of us have wounds that we could be working on healing. There's physical and emotional stuff that all of us could be working on. And I think when you are ready to do the nitty gritty work of it, you stop talking about it and you just do the work. I think that's where I was at last week. Like I wanted to talk to you guys about some of the things I was doing, but it was so exhausting because I was doing so much work on myself imperfectly for sure. Like I had a lot of self-pitying days last week, which it's always good to cut down on that. But with my pain level being so bad, I really succumbed to a lot of self-pity and a lot of what ifs. So you know, I'm I'm no no expert over here. It was real imperfect. So while I was doing the work, I was also really down in the dumps. Like some of my most depressed thoughts in my life were last week. And I was radio silent through it because I truly believe that if you are doing the nitty-gritty work that it takes to make yourself better, to heal yourself, you will not have time to put on social media or really to even tell people unless they're really close to you, like, hey, I'm doing some work right now. Like I got to hang a do not disturb sign, (laughs) you know? And honestly, I think even if you are able to hang that do not disturb sign with the ones you love, you're doing a really good job because I can't even do that right. I just straight up like turtle and, you know, hang my do not disturb sign and people are like whoa when did that get there you know but think about it think about the work that you need to do on yourself honestly whether it's to heal physical or emotional pain and take some time off you know set the boundary hang the do not disturb sign silence yourself to the outside world 
and have some conversations with you and, and do that work. Dig deep, do the work. Go to physical therapy if you need it. Go to mental therapy if you need it. Make those doctor's appointments, you know, take those supplements, do the blood draws, do the work. It's no spa day, like I said. Like, man, is it going to suck, probably. It really sucked for me last week. I felt like every waking moment I was working on myself. And it wasn't to, like, beautify myself or it wasn't fun work. It was just to make sure I was keeping my head above water. And last week it didn't seem worth it. But just like any time you do the work, um, let's talk about stuff that's not so emotional. You know, if you're doing the work for school to pass a test, that that worth it work always pays off in the end. You always see it's worth. I think any time that you talk to somebody who is doing the work to be an anti-racist, I had an amazing conversation with somebody over Christmas and she was doing the work. Like she... Uh, had done some seminars about microaggressions pertaining to people of color and nutrition. And I thought that's so interesting. It wasn't even an avenue I had thought of, but it made so much sense when we talked about it. And she was expressing how surprised she was to learn what, you know, what microaggressions were, how they were affecting people of color in the field of nutritionists when they when they seek out nutritional help i was amazed just by her candor and her bravery and sharing and doing the work like it feels so refreshing and you look back and you're like man that was worth it work it's the same thing with your health it's going to be hard you know and i do think that you need people that you love to walk you through it. You can't do it alone, but you also need to know when to hang the do not disturb sign and kind of go silent to a lot of the world and say to yourself, like you're a good friend. You know, you might don't do this in the grocery store. You'll sound crazy. Okay. I've done it in target. People look at you weird, but you say, Hey, it's you and me. Let's do the work. We're going to do it together. We're going to do it imperfectly. We're going to do it with some grace. You got it, girl. And then you, you and you, you do the work. Only you can do it. That's really something that's been striking me lately is I'm in um, a lot of support groups and sometimes they can drive me nuts because I I just wish I could have a, a conversation And, you know, hold somebody's hand and say, girl, you have to advocate for yourself. Your doctor is not the problem right now. You have to do the work for you. Your doctor is is a support. But if you do not guide your doctor, if you do not trust your intuition and tell your doctor what needs to be done, And tell your doctor, no, I really feel this. Or, no, this medication actually isn't working. Or if you don't tell your significant other, like, man, the stairs are killing me. You know, actually having the laundry upstairs doesn't work for me. 
or if you're not telling your significant other, like, actually, I need to eat this way for me, this low starch diet will help me feel better. And you need to change your eating habits with me. If you're not advocating for yourself, no one else will. And so sure, you need loved ones and and you need people to walk this journey with you into bettering yourself and and to to healing. But at the end of the day, you are your biggest advocate and only you are going to reap um, the most benefits from this work. And the one who reaps the most benefits from the work is always the one who has to put in the most work, right? In group projects, the bossy one who did the most work, was she annoying? For sure. But did she get the best grade? Always. So be that annoying bossy person for yourself. Listen to yourself. Work on yourself. Put on that do not disturb sign and do the work. Do whatever it takes. Take every waking moment if you have to and work on yourself. And if you need a a friend to commiserate with about how exhausting that is and how not worth it it actually feels in the moment, then get a hold of me (laughs) because I understand. I understand completely. So I want to tell you some really scary but exciting news that came out of me doing this work that didn't feel worth it. And that basically brought me to my knees last week. I am able to look back on it and say, this time in my life really sucks. It sucks that I'm having to work on me so much. I wish I could just be at the other side. But a piece of news I got today just solidifies for me that this work has been worth it. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I had a doctor's appointment I was really excited about with my rheumatologist getting a second opinion and that I told her about my huge goal of climbing Kilimanjaro. And in the appointment, she was really supportive, like I shared with you guys, and I felt really good about the appointment. But when my test results came back a couple weeks later and her and I talked, I started to just get this vibe, okay, that something was off, that she wasn't hearing me as much as she seemed. And she didn't do anything wrong or bad, except for I will say, we had a miscommunication where she thought that she was just a second opinion and didn't have to do anything besides just see me. So she didn't want to prescribe the medication that she wanted me on. She wanted my other doctor to do that. Well, my other doctor also didn't want to do it. It was kind of like this weird political thing where neither of them would prescribe the medication because I had gone and seen a different doctor. That's a little weird, okay? But here's the thing. I really dislike when people complain about doctors. Doctors are like lawyers. There are so many of them. Go get another one. Advocate for yourself, okay? So I wasn't going to wallow in my doctor's weird political catfight. I'm going to go find another doctor because at the end of the day, doctors work for you and you can fire them. So as much of a pain in the butt as it was, I found another rheumatologist and I saw him today. So I think I booked that appointment about three weeks ago. So it was a while, but not too long. He is 
real cool, you guys. He is Nigerian, which I love. He has climbed Kilimanjaro. Mad props. I'm real excited about him. But I also kind of had my hackles up because of this weird experience after an appointment I felt so good about. I went today and I was like, do not get your hopes up. Just buckle up, you know? (laughs) Uh, So after the first part of my appointment where they took all my, my vitals and asked about my health history, which he was like, man, this story is way too long. I was like, you're telling me. Yeah, way too long. I wish my health history was summed up tidily and easily, but it is not. It usually starts with, so when I was 12, okay, and it goes from there till now, and that's 15 years of uh, bad health that has kind of gone from bad to worse. So agreed, too long of a story. But he listened to this crazy long story of mine. And then he starts pushing on me, like he starts poking and prodding at me. And most people would be like, "Mm, can we not? (laughs) Like that was the great part of 2020 is people not touching me. Well, actually, I was so relieved because I remember my pediatric rheumatologist would always poke and prod and touch and like ask if it hurt and it always hurt. But doctors have not done that since. And I think that the reason they haven't done that since is they've dug in. They're digging their feet in and saying, Elise has ankylosing spondylitis. We already know that. We already know. And she doesn't have anything else. Well, one thing I love about my functional medicine doctor is her eyes are on the future. And she's been saying to me every week, Elise, if you have one autoimmune disease, It's like a domino effect, and you're probably going to get another one. So I already had that in my head. And I also told my doctor that the drug I've been taking for ankylosing spondylitis, which I've been off of for a year just because I felt like it wasn't helping, it helps most people. Most people actually kind of view it as a miracle drug because if you have AS and you take it, you feel better and feel almost all the way better. But I don't. I feel maybe 50% better. And that's not a quality of life. You don't want to feel 50%. I told my doctor, if I could feel 85% even, like I don't expect 100 till Jesus takes me home, okay? But 85% would be nice. And Humira has never made me feel that way. And I told both of my rheumatologists, this medication is not working 100% for me. And they dug their heels in and said, well, it should. Okay. So that's why I fired them and got this one. However, just because you fire a couple doctors, my doctors are well known. And they're doctors that this doctor that I went to today, he respects them. So just because you tell a doctor, I think my other two doctors are wrong, does not mean that your doctor will agree with you. You might be crazy. And I fully expected my doctor today to say, "Mm, girl, you crazy. But he didn't. He poked and he prodded me. (laughs) And after he poked and he prodded me, him and his resident went off to deliberate. It was kind of like watching House, which I'm rewatching. What a great show. Anyway, so they come back and he says, I have a theory. I have a theory for 
better words have not been spoken. What was his theory? He said, well, I think you have fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia, one very long word, is not the best word that I've ever heard. But it's actually a real downer. But even then, I was still relieved. So when the doctor was poking and prodding me, wherever he poked and prodded, um, and it really hurt, it would hurt for a couple minutes after he took his hands off that spot. So he wouldn't be holding pressure there. But even without the pressure, I would still feel the pain for a couple minutes later. And he said that's really typical with fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia is something I'm going to have to read a lot more about. I honestly, it's something I haven't read up on. Um, and so I'm going to have to do do the work, put in the research, and I'll be telling you more about it. But the gist is, it's a problem with your brain, not so much uh, with your joints that are in pain. Basically, you might be in a little bit of pain. It's actually more like you're in a little bit of pressure, but your brain interprets it as pain. So what might just be a little bit of pressure, all of a sudden your brain is like, no, 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 that's level 10 pain. And it tells that joint you're in a lot of pain, even if that's not true. Gosh, people say the heart's fickle, but the brain, man. (laughs) So um, what I do know is a lot of fibromyalgia isn't about medication. It's about doing work on yourself, therapy, um, other kind of less traditional routes like acupuncture, which I'm already doing, cupping, which I'm already doing, but other things like cognitive behavioral therapy, um, you know, psychotherapy, retraining your brain to not process things as pain. How much work does that sound like? right? But you know what? I'm already doing it. That's work I'm already doing. So maybe, you know, a higher power was preparing me for this diagnosis and I had no idea. Chew on that for a bit. I certainly am. I was so grateful. A lot, so much of what he said about fibromyalgia really makes sense fibromyalgia is really common and people who are not sleeping well and already have an autoimmune disease, not sleeping is a huge cause of fibromyalgia and I have never slept well. Um, Probably not a night in my life, honestly, unless I'm deathly ill. So it's just really not surprising. But the thing is, is I had to have a doctor who cared enough about listening to my story and listening to me to get this right. And Right now, I, I think he is right. It's still early, but, you know, I really like kind of the, the course of action he wants to take. And while I, like, applaud him just for all the work he did with me today, I applaud myself. At least gets a gold star because I advocated for myself. I knew something was wrong. And again, like I say every single week, you got to trust that intuition, But you know what helps you trust your intuition is working on yourself, not working on your neighbor, not looking at their grass, right? Watering your own grass. What a tired, terrible, 
cliche that is, but it's so true. And you know what? If you are looking to other people to look at your grass, you're like, hey, hey, can you can you give me some grass mowing tips? You're not going to learn how to mow it any better, okay? So you you have to, as hard as it is, hang that do not disturb sign. Stop looking for other people's advice, for their opinion, even for as much support as you think that you need. And learn how to support yourself. Learn how to trust yourself. Learn how to get your head right. Learn how to get your pain less. It's not fun. Mm -mm. But man, getting this diagnosis today and learning that a lot of the stuff to help with fibromyalgia and to help get your head right in processing pain, I'm already doing. So I can keep doing it. And, And also you know, getting this step to get this new doctor, I couldn't have done that if I wasn't focusing inward. So I really, really encourage it so much. I also just want to mention something really cool um, because none of us can like shut ourselves in a closet and be alone, right? And I think I mentioned my very first episode was to get a therapist so that your friends and your family don't have to be your therapist, right? But Therapy isn't always accessible. And I had mentioned if anybody needed, you know, uh, a cheaper alternative to therapists that are out there or something to get a hold of me. Well, I think I found a really great alternative or honestly just a really great addition if you are struggling with chronic pain. Um, Last night, I went to a chronic pain anonymous meeting. It is a 12-step program. It is run exactly like an AA meeting or an NA meeting. And what I love about that for chronic pain is that in a chronic pain anonymous meeting, you do not speak about your specific diagnosis. You do not speak about your specific doctor. You do not speak about your specific medication. You're not there to trade advice about should I do this medication or should I do this treatment or should I dump this doctor or you are there to share to do the work in sharing about yourself to be vulnerable with other people to work a program and to support other people doing the same you share people can encourage you and that's it And wow, it was so freeing. I I haven't ever been to an AA meeting or an NA meeting. And at first, when I saw Chronic Pain Anonymous, I was like, I don't think a 12-step program makes any sense for chronic pain. And I don't think I'm going to get a lot out of this meeting. Most of the people in the meeting were much, much older than I am. Like a lot of them, you know, probably 60s, 70s. And I can't tell you, I I haven't done a better thing for myself probably in years. Um, Just the act of sharing and not asking for advice, but just sharing where I'm at very honestly. And hearing other people talk about where they're at very honestly. And what I love about uh, this particular meeting is 
it's very big on gratitude. So we did have to share like where we're at, honestly, but also something we are grateful for while sitting exactly where we're at. Even if that is at literal rock bottom, what are you grateful for while you're there? And that was it, you know, no, nothing added. And I think everybody could use that. So if you struggle with chronic pain, I highly recommend Chronic Pain Anonymous. And I would be happy to give you more details if you want them. I just think, wow, like I, I still can't get over what a good experience it was. So to me, it felt a lot like therapy and it felt so good being with people who understood. And actually now I'm so grateful that so many people were older than I am because they had great perspective that I've never gotten before. That was, that was just incredible. And and just wisdom. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And I hope that maybe that's something that could be helpful to you. My meeting was over Zoom. So don't think that, you know, it's inaccessible if you are not going out much right now. Um, I would just recommend doing it no matter what. If you have chronic pain, try it out. That's how much I believed in this meeting. I was a real skeptic going in after an hour, 100% sold. And it's just amazing how being with a group of people who are willing to be honest, who are working a program for themselves, not for anybody else, for themselves, how freeing that is. And I think it could be freeing for the people in your life, for your friends and your family who don't understand because they haven't been there. You will be a better person when you show up for them after you've hung the do not disturb sign and you work on you. And sometimes that might involve working on you with other people who are doing the same thing. So huge, huge for me. Hopefully it'll be huge for you. All right. Wow. We're done. Before I go, just a reminder to leave me a voice message on Anchor. Tell me what you love about this podcast. Tell me what you hate about this podcast. Tell me your favorite coffee drink. Whatever you want to tell me, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a voice message on Anchor. Another thing I would love is that if you would follow me on Instagram at chronic at C-H-R-O-N underscore ick, I-C-K at C-H-R-O-N underscore ick, I-C-K. I would love it. And hey, like I said, (laughs) talking about myself by myself is hard. And so if you ever want to be on the podcast with me and talk through something, talk about pain, talk about emotional pain, physical pain, talk about what works for you uh, to get you through pain, anything related to what we talk about here talking about trusting your intuition whatever you have to talk about it let's talk about it I would love to get somebody on here soon to talk back to me (laughs) so we could do it remotely you don't even have to be here but I would love to hear from you and to talk with you but no matter what I'll talk to you next week